Well, hey there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we discuss whether depictions of Jesus on television or film is a violation of the Second Commandment. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be laying down the law today as we appropriate some culture. So recently on the Babylon Bee podcast, Vadi Bachman explained one of the reasons he doesn't watch The Chosen, which went as follows. See, that's a that's another deal. You asked me about my line. You you said yeah. The Chosen. That's a line you that's draw. A, that's a line I draw. Yeah. Have you seen The Chosen? Have you no. watched it? Yeah. I'm two CV it. man. Second two CV. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're a two no CV four guy. CV. Gotcha. No two CV. Yeah. Gotcha. So you okay. know. Gotcha. So yeah, I do that again. You asked about my lines. That's yeah, one that's of my lines. Line. You know. Um, and that, 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 that series portraying there. Jesus as idolatry or portraying Jesus as yeah, a, portraying a graven Jesus image. Idolatry and, yeah. and then, you know, I get that. some of the, yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Now, I don't really know Vadi Bachman, but from what little I have heard of him, I liked. And this is a sentiment that is shared by many. Here's one vocal example. R. Scott Clark says, uh, that would be because it is a second commandment violation. And he backs it up this way. Don't take my word for it. Heidelberg Catechism, Second Helvetic Confession, WLC, which is the Wisconsin Lutheran College. Whole Life Confession. No, Westminster Larger Confession. Hard to keep track of all of them. Now, these are all wonderful Reformed confessions and catechisms. But you know what's the most based, hardcore Reformed confession? This little thing called Sola Scriptura. And I kind of noticed you didn't quote any scriptura in support of your claim. These confessions and catechisms are very helpful. They're clarifying, but they are man-made documents and they are not authoritative. It's not scripture alone and the Heidelberg Catechism. It's not scripture alone and the Westminster Confession, because that's not what alone means. So if you're actually reformed, you should, you know, be reformed. Now, these documents are developed from interpreting scripture as a sort of systematic theology, but they are also a product of their time. And I think when it comes to second commandment violations, I think they were very much responding to what they saw, and probably correctly, as Catholic idolatry. So it's a big pushback against some of the excesses of Catholicism. But I think they go overboard. I mean, really look at with this from the WLC. Question, what sins are forbidden in the second commandment? Answer, the sins forbidden in the second commandment are all devising, counseling, commanding, using, and anywise approving any religious worship not instituted by God himself, the making any representation of God, of all or of any of the three persons, either inwardly in our mind or outwardly in any kind of image or likeness of any creature whatsoever. Uh, what now? So if you're reading the Gospels and it says Jesus did this or Jesus did that, and you picture Jesus in your mind doing those things, you violated the second commandment? You have to worship God without ever forming any visualized representation in your mind? I don't think that's even possible. You must have some kind of concept in your head of what you're praying to or what you're directing your worship to. Even if it's not anthropomorphic, it's got to be something. A fog, a mist, a cloud, a raging fire. There's got to be some kind of personification of God in your mind. And if there's no personification, doesn't that distort God already? Because it robs him of his personhood. 
It reduces him to a nebulous, indefinable substance like the force in Star Wars. God, in fact, gives us images and pictures for our minds in order to understand him and relate to him. He calls himself father and husband. He uses these earthly representations to give us a picture of God in our minds. So no, WLC, I think you're off base on this one. But let's go to the Heidelberg Catechism as it's a favorite around here. Question, what is God's will for us in the second commandment? Answer, that we in no way make any image of God nor worship him in any other way than has been commanded in God's word. So here's the crux of the issue. Is making any image of God the sin in and of itself, or is it making an image of God with the intention of worshiping it? Which is actually what an idol is. It's not any object. It's an object of worship. Let's hold that question in our mind and turn to the next question and answer, as I think it'll actually help us to come to the right conclusion. Question. May we then not make any image at all? Answer. God cannot and may not be visibly portrayed in any way. Although creatures may be portrayed, yet God forbids making or having such images if one's intention is to worship them or to serve God through them. Okay, so first of all, it's kind of a weird statement to say God cannot and may not be visibly portrayed in any way since Jesus was, you know, visible. People saw him. They touched him. And Jesus definitely portrayed God. It says in Hebrews, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So not quite a refined statement, but perhaps we're not permitted to visibly portray God in any way. So no selfies when Jesus comes back. But here's the bigger point. The Heidelberg Catechism makes the distinction between portraying creatures and portraying creatures with the intention of worshiping, which is fitting because we see that distinction in scripture. The golden calf that Aaron made, bad, and God condemns it. The calves of Jeroboam, bad, first king says this. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold, and he said to the people, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And God condemns that. But God doesn't say anything about cows at the temple, first kings. The sea stood on 12 bulls, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea rested on top of them, and their hindquarters were toward the center, which would have looked something like this. They're all statues of cows, but God clearly has different feelings about them. And the distinction is worship. Are you worshiping this or not? Is this an object for worship or not? And we know that's the distinction for certain because God even commands his people to make a statue. And God would never command his people to sin. It says this in Numbers. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. So God commands them to make a snake, make an object of a creature. So that's not idolatry. Making an object in the likeness of a creature is not sin. God will not and cannot command his people to sin. So the issue is worship. 
and we see that clearly in Scripture. The bronze snake isn't bad, but it becomes bad when they start to worship it. We see that during Hezekiah's reforms, 2 Kings. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that time the Israelites had been burning incense to it. So Michelangelo's David? Fine. Statue of Liberty? Fine. The Wall Street Bull? Fine. Just don't start worshiping it. And the same thing is true of all creation. You can paint Starry Night, but don't start worshiping the moon and the stars. So there is a clear distinction when it comes to images on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. But does that same distinction apply when it comes to images of God particularly? Well, let's go to the actual text. Here's the second commandment. Let's read it. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Well, snakes, I'm pretty sure, are on the earth. So the crux of the commandment must be worship. Do not bow down to them or serve them. Do not treat those objects as God. That's clearly the thrust of the passage. And the same thing is true in all other proof texts offered in the Catechism, like Deuteronomy. You saw no form of any kind the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the fire. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, so that you do not become corrupt and make for yourselves an idol, an image of any shape, whether formed like a man or a woman, or like any animal on earth, or any bird that flies in the air, or like any creature that moves along the ground, or any fish in the waters below. And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. Again, that's clearly about worship. Nobody thinks it's a second commandment violation to paint or take a picture of a sunset because the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. But don't worship the sun. That's the problem. Creation glorifies God. It reflects God. But it's not God, and so we shouldn't worship it. But in the same way, the Chosen is not claiming that Jonathan Rumi is God. We all understand he's an actor. We all understand it's a portrayal of God. It's a representation of God. It's a picture for us of God. And if that's idolatry, if that's a violation of the second commandment to portray God or represent God, well, then there's a big problem because that's exactly what we're called to do. We are Christians. We are little Christs. We are ambassadors of Christ. Our entire lives are meant to represent God. We are meant to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are meant to be a glimpse of God. For goodness sake, we're created in his image to be his image bearers. And God uses all kinds of pictures and imagery and visible things to point us to him. Not just creation itself, but even man-made objects. Jesus says in John, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Huh? You see what he did there? He used this man-made graven image of an earthly creature to point us to Christ. This bronze snake is a picture in our heads of Christ. Don't worship it, but it is an image of God for our good. It helps us. So scripturally, it's fine to use a bronze snake to give you a picture of God, but you just can't use Aslan or an actor, or this, or this, or this, or this. The notion that this is sinful is not supported by scripture or reason. The chosen is fine, just don't worship it. 
Well, that'll do for today. If you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, share, review, leave a comment, disagree if you want, follow me on the socials, join my author's Facebook page, and I'll see you next time for more Appropriate in the Culture. Mm -hmm.